Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm Tyler Fertel alongside my co-hosts, Andrew Lubliner, Campbell Klein, and Dean McCollum. And today, we have a very, very exciting and fun podcast for all of you. We will be doing our official full first round 2021 NFL mock draft. So before we start, um, I just want to tell you that this mock draft involves no trades. It is a no trade mock draft. So therefore, um, each team will be in the place that they are currently in the draft order. So, yeah, let's get straight into it. And the first overall pick is obviously uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, Campbell, let's get started. All right. So, with the first overall pick, probably the easiest pick in the draft, me, the Jacksonville Jaguars, going to be taking Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is probably the best uh, quarterback prospect we've seen in 10-plus years. Uh, 2018 national championship. Obviously, this dude can play. He's a no-brainer. He's going first overall. It's pretty much guaranteed. So yeah, it's my first overall pick. And with the second overall pick, the New York Football Jets will be taking Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. Obviously, the Jets have been looking for their franchise quarterback. For quite some time, many people thought it was going to be Sam Darnold. Didn't work out. Got traded to the Panthers this offseason. And to replace him, we predict, and a lot of people around the country predict, that they will take Zach Wilson with a number two overall pick. Zach Wilson obviously not being put in the spotlight throughout his college football career. Um, kind of went under the radar for most of this draft process. But after his pro day, everyone knew how much talent he had. And obviously, he has a good arm. He's pretty good with his legs, too. So he's 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 a little bit short. So, I mean, that is something that maybe he has in a disadvantage compared to other quarterbacks in this class, including Trey Lance and uh, Trevor Lawrence. But obviously, a, a quarterback like Kyler Murray has made it work. A quarterback like Drew Brees has made it work. So why couldn't Zach Wilson do it, too? So, yeah, the Jets will be taking Zach Wilson in our mock draft with the second overall pick. All right, next up, uh, I guess I'm the GM of the 49ers, um, and we're going to go with Mac Jones out of Alabama. Uh, this pick is probably uh, the first pick where it's like not consensus so far. There's several quarterbacks that I think could go here. Um, and if, you, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know, the San Francisco 49ers traded up to the number three overall selection from number 12, which means that they're going to select a QB in this draft class. But... Uh, no one really knows which one it is. Uh, my guess here is that it'll be Mac Jones, just because I think he fits their scheme perfectly. He's a very similar quarterback to Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo, two quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan has had a ton of success with, making it to two Super Bowls um, with those guys in the NFL. So I think Mac Jones fits what the 49ers want to do. And he's not the most athletic guy in this draft, but his accuracy is off the charts and he has a really good arm. So I think this would be a perfect fit for the Niners. Um, before we go on to the next pick, I think that a large piece of this pick for the 49ers is whether they're going to go with talent or fit. Cause at least in my perspective, I think that a quarterback like Justin Fields might have more talent than Mac Jones, maybe Trey Lance too, but Mac Jones, like Andrew said, is a good fit for the scheme of the 49ers. And as we've seen, Jimmy Garoppolo with a great 49ers defense made a Super Bowl run two years ago. So if Mac Jones can develop under Jimmy Garoppolo, because J- 
Jimmy Garoppolo will probably play next year. Um, unless maybe they take uh, Justin Fields and play him uh, from the start, but I don't think that's going to happen. So if they do take Mac Jones and sit him under Jimmy Garoppolo, I definitely think he can learn some stuff from that veteran and uh, potentially be a good starting QB in a couple of years. All right. Now we have the Atlanta Falcons selecting at four. This is definitely one of the first candidates of a trade down in this draft, but since this is a no trade mock draft, uh, I'm going to have the uh, Atlanta Falcons be selecting, in my opinion, the second best draft prospect in this class, Kyle Pitts, once in a generational talent at the tight end position. I mean, he's been uh, compared to the likes of Darren Waller, and if he can live up to the hype, I mean, he is so athletic, and he made Kyle Trask actually look somewhat decent with all those horrible balls that Kyle Trask was throwing. He made all of them work. So Kyle Pitts, an amazing prospect. He's going to be one of the highest tight ends picked ever if he goes four. I think the Atlanta Falcons will trade down, but I mean, if they don't, I think Kyle Pitts is the pick right here. I mean, he's a once in a generational talent. And I know this has been said a lot over the past couple of weeks in a bunch of mock drafts and a bunch of draft uh, information shows and stuff, but Kyle Pitts can be used not only as a tight end, but as a wide receiver. He can go up and catch the ball against big cornerbacks, fast cornerbacks. So he's that kind of player where he's a very versatile player. You can play all over your offense, and he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife in an NFL offense. And he was just unreal in college. So big things to come for Kyle Pitts. All right. Now with the fifth overall pick, the Cincinnati Bengals will select – Panay Sewell out of Oregon, their offensive tackle, who opted out of the 2020 season due to COVID-19. And uh, this pick is pretty simple. The Bengals have a terrible offensive line, and he's the best offensive lineman here. So in an interview, Sewell seemed pretty open and potentially excited to play and protect Joe Burrow. So could be an interesting fit. And uh, obviously the Bengals' main priority is going to be protecting protecting Joe Burrow, who could be a generational talent. So, yeah. I've been seeing a bunch of rumors lately that uh, the Bengals are definitely looking at Jamar Chase for this pick, wide receiver out of LSU, to pair him up again with Joe Burrow, who played with him back in LSU. But then it switched to this clip of uh, Joe Burrow getting absolutely hit stick. So that was sort of the reasoning behind uh, the guy who made the video for the Bengals to s- select uh, Sewell here. And I mean, he might be a little bummed out that he doesn't get to protect his boy, Justin Herbert, but I think this is the right pick for the Bengals here. I don't, at the end of the day, it's not really Joe Burrow's decision. I'm sure he wants Jamar Chase more than Sewell, but at the end of the day, it's a management decision. And I think they're going to make the right choice and go with Panay Sewell out of Oregon. You know, I'm not so sure if he would rather have Jamar Chase than Panay Sewell in this situation. I mean, Panay Sewell protected Justin Herbert in college, and he wants some protection going to next year. And the Bengals want to protect their franchise quarterback, a man that missed a good a good chunk of the season last year due to a torn ACL. So and MCL and meniscus, I think. So, uh, yeah, they need to protect uh, protect their franchise quarterback. And although they might be tempted by Jamar Chase and some other wide receiver prospects, or maybe even Kyle Pitts, if he doesn't go forward to the Falcons or another team. I feel like Panay Sewell is the correct pick there for uh, for them. Well, I mean, there's always that good friend bias that Joe Burrow might have to persuading the Bengals to take Jamar Chase, but I think they will take Sewell. Next pick now. 
Okay, so a player that we did detail a little bit there. The Miami Dolphins with the sixth overall pick after trading down from three will take Jamar Chase wide receiver out of LSU. Obviously, it might be tempting here for the for the Dolphins to go with two other really uh, high prospects uh, in the wide receiver position on the draft board in Devontae Smith and um, Jalen Waddle. But Jamar Chase seems to be the number one prospect in the wide receiver position in this uh, draft. He has been throughout the year. He opted out of this past year after winning the national championship the year before with Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Queen, Clyde Arutelaire, a stacked LSU team. So although he did opt out, he still remained the number one wide receiver prospect or arguably the number one wide receiver prospect. He's a speedy wide receiver, good hands, can play in the slot, can play on the outside. He's a wide receiver that can play all over the place, has unlimited potential. So I feel like this is a pretty safe pick for the Dolphins here. Get them, uh, they get themselves a good wide receiver, a good weapon to go along with Tua, give them another weapon. And a, a wide receiver trio of Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, and Jamar Chase, that after last year's wide receiver trio, that is not bad at all for the Dolphins. All right, so next up is the Detroit Lions. Um, and like the Dolphins, they are in need of a wide receiver. They just lost their number one wide receiver, Pro Bowl wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, who recently signed with the Giants in free agency. So they have a huge hole there. I know that they signed Tyrell Williams, but he was pretty much injured all of last year. And the year before that, he wasn't any good. So the Lions could really use a wide receiver uh, at this number seven overall selection. So I'm going to have them going with Jalen Waddle. Um, the only other guy I think that if if they were taking a wide receiver that could go ahead of Jalen Waddle would be Devonta Smith. But I have a feeling that Jalen Waddle will go a little bit ahead just because he's a better athlete and he looks more like a NFL wide receiver and he's built more like NFL wide receiver compared to Devonta Smith. So I think the Lions are going to bank on Jalen Waddle and pick him number seven overall. Speaking of Smith, uh, speaking of, uh, sorry, speed in the wide receiver position, uh, Jalen Waddle can make big plays whenever you want him to make big plays. Obviously, he had some injury problems in this past year, missed a good chunk of the season, but came back for that national championship game, played a little bit. But uh, Jalen Waddle, the most expos- explosive player in this draft class, I mean, it's a good pick for the Lions. As long as he can stay healthy, he will be a very good wide receiver. Yeah, I think the only thing for me uh, for the Lions to pick Jalen Waddle, he's just got to stay healthy. Um, I'd say maybe they'd side with Devonta Smith just because it might be a safe pick. I mean, some people are concerned about his weight and his build, but I, I'm not really concerned about that uh, that much. That's not really going to affect who I think is going to go here, but Jalen Waddle definitely a great wide receiver to have because uh, the Lions are in a lot of trouble right now. So now we're going to move on to the eighth overall pick where I will be presenting the Carolina Panthers. And they're going to be improving their defense by taking, in my opinion, the best defensive player in this draft class in Micah Parsons. There were a few reports early, probably a few months ago, that he did have some character problems, which might tank his draft stock a little. But nevertheless, I still think he's the best defensive uh, player in this draft. He's so versatile. He's great in run coverage and especially pass coverage. And he is very, very fast and athletic. So I think that the Panthers definitely in need of a bunch of things, but I think their defense the most. 
he can really uh, handle that core right in the middle of their defense. So uh, I think he's going to be a great building block and a starting place for the Panthers to move on in the future with a pretty good defense. All right, now here with the ninth overall pick for the Denver Broncos, I'll be selecting Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State. And uh, recently, Justin Fields' draft stock has been plummeting. And uh, in my opinion, he doesn't deserve that. I think after after the national championship, he was he he could have been considered the second best quarterback in this draft. But now he's he's not too high up there, and I don't really see a clear reason why. This dude can obviously ball after the semifinals against. I I forget which team it was. If one of you could remind me, that'd be great. But he was just yeah against Clemson. He was he was outplaying Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick in this draft. He he would not miss a pass downfield. He was lofting it up 60 yards down there, dime every time. He can run, he can pass, he can really do it all. I think the Broncos gotta gotta pick him. He can be that guy. I really think a few years down the road he could be one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL. I definitely yeah, I, yeah, Tyler? Okay, I'll go. I definitely think that Justin Fields is someone that the Niners could take at three over Mac Jones. But a bunch of reports saying that Mac Jones is going, but I like Justin Fields here. I don't know if John Elway is ready to move on from Drew Locke because apparently he really, really believes in him. So it's just a matter of whether or not he still believes in him and wants to give him one more ch- uh, chance. Um, Before you go, Andrew here, uh, I feel like if he if Justin Fields does drop, uh, if he does fall uh, through three, if Mac Jones or Trey Lance does end up being taken at three, I feel like it's unlikely he falls to nine just because a team like potentially the Patriots or potentially the Washington football team or maybe the Bears could trade up and try to get him, him or Trey Lance or Mac Jones, whoever falls. I just feel like in a good uh, in a good draft class, a good quarterback draft class, I feel like it's unlikely that two or three of them drop past the 10 spot and maybe even the nine spot. I definitely feel like the the Broncos are definitely the team that can either trade down if they don't want to take a quarterback or trade up if they do, because they are scared that a team will true trade up to either the line spot or the Panther spot to get a quarterback there. So I definitely feel that in a, uh, in a no trades mock draft that this pick obviously makes sense, but in the NFL draft, it's definitely possible, but I don't know if it's likely just because there, I feel like there are going to be some trades uh, trade up and downs for quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree with Tyler. I don't think Justin Fields will last until nine, but because of the no trades, this is where we have him going. The Broncos are an interesting team because they have so many different needs. Um, they're they're kind of in a rebuilding phase, <laughs> their franchise, to put it nicely. And Drew Locke hasn't been too impressive. At least last year, he wasn't very impressive. So the, the Broncos have a ton of needs. They could use a defender. They could use a wide receiver. Um, but they could also use a quarterback. I think because Drew Locke is not as good as people projected him to be. So I think that if Justin Fields or any other of these quarterbacks fall, and the Broncos would happily take one of them. All right, up next at number 10 overall, uh, my favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys, as it says on the screen, America's team with the 10th overall pick, uh, selecting Patrick Sertan, the second out of Alabama. I would be um, elated if the Cowboys got Patrick Sertan. I think that he is going to be a pro bowl, all pro 
top five cornerback in the NFL sooner rather than later. He's built like um, a cornerback number one. He can guard in the slot or he can guard on the outside. And I think it also helps that his dad was also like a pro bowl, all pro cornerback. So he's got football in his genes. And I think uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, sons of former NFL players uh, usually are, are good with the NFL experience. Um, obviously the Cowboys, their biggest need is like any defender. Um, so he, he helps a lot. And I, I think that this puts the Cowboys in a really good situation for next year to get, uh, Patrick Sertan, who could jump in and play cornerback one, honestly. And I think that uh, he'll be able to flourish in that role. Okay, I will be uh, taking Campbell's spot for his favorite team, the New York Giants. And they will be taking, in this mock draft, Rayshon Slater, offensive tackle, although he can play guard uh, from Northwestern. Uh, obviously, the Giants took Andrew Thomas out of Georgia last year in the NFL draft at the fourth overall position. So taking another offensive lineman might not be the greatest thing for the Giants as they do have other needs. But getting a versatile uh, a versatile offensive lineman is very important for the Giants if they want to protect. I don't know if he's their franchise quarterback anymore, but their quarterback, Daniel Jones, um, obviously, like if they don't trust Daniel Jones, they could always take a quarterback here. If Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or Mac Jones falls, if they really like them, I I don't think it's gonna happen. But I feel like Rayshon uh Slater, Rashawn Slater, sorry, makes a lot of sense here after releasing uh uh Kevin Zeitler. I hope I pronounced that right. Their right guard last year. Um, they get another offensive lineman who can. He's a very NFL-ready player. He can jump right in, although they do have a pretty good left tackle, Nate Soldier. Uh, he can really play anywhere. He can play on the right. He can play on the left. So just put him in and have him protect Daniel Jones for the season and maybe a ne- another quarterback next season if they don't uh, – if they decide to not keep Daniel Jones as their starter. So, yeah, Rayshon Slater is going to the New York Giants in this mock draft. I think this is great value for the Giants at pick 11 here to get an offensive tackle. In my opinion. That's their biggest need. I mean, they got Kenny Galladay in the offseason. Many people thought that before the signing Kenny Galladay that they were going to try and target a wide receiver in the draft. However, now they have that covered. They have their wide receiver one. Daniel Jones has those weapons, and now he, all he needs is protection. And I think this is the last draw for Daniel Jones this next season. I mean, now he has two top, what, 11 first-round picks in the past two drafts to protect him, plus Nate Soldier and those three wide receiver weapons. and. I mean, uh, Kenny Galladay, obviously, Sterling Shepard, and whoever whoever else. And then you get Saquon back. I think that if Daniel Jones Darius doesn't... Slayton. Darius, Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton. That's who I was forgetting. Um, I get him confused with Sterling Shepard, but you get Saquon back. If Daniel Jones doesn't really thrive in this offense, I don't see him being a uh, starting quarterback for the Giants after this season. So we'll have to see. I mean, this is a big make-or-break season for Daniel Jones, and I like the pick for Rashawn Slater here. Uh, and before you, we go on to the next pick, adding to what Dean was kind of saying, that uh, th- they got their wide receiver number one in Kenny Galladay. In early mock drafts and in early draft predictions, a lot of people had the, the Giants taking wide receiver, potentially Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, and uh, at the beginning, Kyle Pitts, uh, because people had him falling there, but obviously he's not going to fall there now. So, But they have their guy and in Kenny Galladay at the wide receiver position, so they don't need another one. So. 
they might as well go with someone that could pr- protect their quarterback and a really good one. So Ray Sean Slater. It is. And I forgot to mention really quickly before we move on to the Eagles, I forgot to mention Evan Ingram, great tight end weapon. Now we are going to move on to the 12th overall pick for the Eagles. We've talked about this guy a lot, Devonta Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. We pretty much covered him while talking about all the wide receivers, to be honest, who've already been taken before him. I think he's the second best wide receiver in this class. The reason why people, a lot of people in their mocks have him dropping is, like I mentioned before, his weight and his build overall. And people like think that he's going to get absolutely obliterated in the NFL versus huge guys like people who are like Derwin James, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I saw some videos of uh, Devonta Smith and he was getting bailed by weak uh, college corners and safeties who were hitting him not that hard. But then I saw like, oh, what if Derwin James was right here? Then he'd be dead or something like that. So I think that Devonta Smith, the Eagles will go with him since uh, they kind of whiffed on their first round pick uh, last year in Jalen Rager, wide receiver out of what? TCU, something like that, I think. So I think they'll go wide receiver again, get potentially Jalen Hurts. They still haven't named him their official starter. So get whoever's playing quarterback for them, another weapon. Um, whether Jalen Rager turns out to be good or not, like th- their wide receivers outside of him are, are so bad anyways that they could really use that. Um, their offensive line is not that bad, although it was seemed to be, it was portrayed as really bad last year because of Carson Wentz. But I think the Eagles, they're, they're, they're going through a rebuilding process. They're trying to get a fresh start. And I think that if they can get like Devonta Smith they're maybe if he's taken higher Jalen Waddle, like one of these playmakers, uh, I think could really, really help their team moving forward. Okay, moving on to my Los Angeles Chargers with the 13th overall pick. We take J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina, obviously with the two top tackles off the board and Panay Sewell and uh, Rayshon Slater. There isn't a left tackle for the Chargers to take here, in my opinion. Obviously, people think that Christian Derrissaw could be a candidate here. But I think J.C. Horn is a better overall prospect. And I think he could potentially fit straight into Brandon Staley's defense as a cornerback number one. He is speedy. He is big. I think he can potentially guard Tyreek Hill from the start. I mean, it might be it might be difficult, but you know what? That's what the Chargers are going to need him to do. And if he can do that, the pick was worth it. And if he can just be a good cornerback, obviously we lost Casey Hayward Uh we released him in the offseason, so we're missing that cornerback, number one. Um, we re-signed Mike Davis, uh, Michael Davis, for, uh, as his full name, who was a really good cornerback for us last year. He was probably our best cornerback. Uh, but J.C. Horn, great cornerback, has a lot of potential. I think he can be a pro bowler as soon as even maybe his first season, if he's that good. But second or third, no doubt about it. So obviously a great cornerback, big, speedy. NFL made uh NFL ready player I mean so yeah JC Horn is definitely a very intriguing prospect just because he's super athletic um which you need to be really athletic as you said to guard guys like Terry Kill and other other types of receivers but I feel like it the way you're describing it it's a lot it's a lot to ask for a rookie to to jump in and just guard Terry Kill right away but I do think that one okay. day JC Horn I, will be able to get there. I think I, I think I miss said that there. I mean that the Chargers at some point down the line. I mean the Chargers play Tyreek Hill twice a year, and he has at least last season 
he destroyed us. So we need – if J.C. Horn can just really be a good corner, just be out there as a cornerback one or two and just do his job and potentially limit Tyree Kill and maybe not let him get more than one touchdown, which is definitely a big ask, even though it might not be for some other wide receivers in the NFL. I mean, J.C. Horn, I definitely think that the Chargers defense after losing Casey Hayward are limited with their outside corners. Chris Harris Jr., a good veteran, has been playing the slot recently. So he might be asked to jump in there quickly, but I think that he's a lot of potential. He's speedy. He's big. He's NFL ready. Good pick for the Chargers here. And although there might be a bunch of other candidates, I think that he's a good overall prospect. So why not take a shot on him and give him a chance early? All right. So uh, with the 14th overall pick, we got the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and they, the Vikings are an interesting spot because they're not like a tanking team. Uh, like some of the teams at the top of the draft, like they don't have a top five pick, but they're not like a, a really, a like significant, uh, championship contender or even a playoff team right now. Although I think they do have the potential with Justin Jefferson, who's only going to get better. And if Kirk Cousins can play like the best play to the best of his ability. Um, but one thing that was was a big reason why uh, they weren't a playoff team last year was their offensive line. And Elijah Vera Tucker seems to be a really, a really good offensive tackle for them. And I think that they don't have many like glaring needs, but somewhere where they could really use an upgrade is the offensive line. And like Kirk Cousins, he's a very, I mean, he's like the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, but he probably isn't even considered like top 10. Uh, but I, I still think that Kirk Cousins has a lot left in the tank. And I still think that he can lead the Vikings to the playoffs. Um, but I think he's going to need more protection. And Elijah Tucker will give him that. All right. With the 15th overall pick, uh, I'll be drafting Trey Lance for the New England Patriots. Trey Lance, quarterback for quarterback used to be for North, North Dakota State. Uh, in his 2019 season, which was a full season, he finished with 287 pass attempts for 28 touchdowns and zero interceptions. I was just looking that up. I found that stat crazy. That's actually the NCAA record for most attempts in a season without an interception. So obviously, this dude knows how to take care of the ball. He's a dual threat quarterback. He can run. He can pass, as I just said. He's a great build, super athletic, playmaker. He's strong. He can really do it all. The Patriots, I th- they could really use a quarterback. They could use a franchise quarterback, someone who fits well with Bill Belichick, and I think Trey Lance can be that guy, and they should take him 15th overall this year. And this is one of the picks for sure that since it's a no-trade mock draft, Trey Lance, I, I don't want to say definitely, but he, pro- he most likely will not be here. He definitely won't be here at pick 15. Maybe a trade-up candidate. We'll be the New England Patriots to maybe jump up and select them. But Tyler, uh, do you have anything to say? Yeah, I'm just going to talk about Trey Lance as a play here. And uh, like we were talking about a little before the podcast, Trey Lance is being compared to Josh Allen. Um, if he does end up going to the Patriots, he won't have to play immediately, which will be good for his development. They can play Cam Newton for at least half the season, maybe the full season, if they want to give Trey Lance an opportunity to just develop into a more complete player. Obviously, um, He's go with his legs and he has an incredible arm. So if he can just establish a little more accuracy, 
He's going to be a dangerous NFL quarterback. So, uh, honestly, there's nothing else to say. Trey Lance, as a, I, I collect a little bit of uh, sports cards here and there. I've started to recently. Trey Lance is my quarterback to watch. I feel like he's going to be a little under the radar going to next season as an uh, NFL prospect, an NFL quarterback. So, Trey Lance, a player who is an all-around he, he's he's really athletic all around, so definitely a player that could be flashy in the NFL, but also get some great results for his team. Yeah, before I move on, uh, we can move on, but I was just going to say one last thing, that he's definitely not going to be available at 15, uh, so if the Patriots do want to get their hands on Trey Lance, they will have to trade up for him. All right, that is my bad for sort of spoiling this 16th overall pick by the Arizona Cardinals, but nevertheless... I will be having them take Caleb Farley, uh, cornerback out of Virginia Tech. Uh, before his, uh, did he have surgery? Where did he have surgery in his back? Was it back surgery? Okay, I think it was. And um, before I'm he had, sure he's was. had a ton of injury problems. Yeah, like I think he got. I think career. he had back injuries recently, and then over the span of a, either this past season or the year before, he had knee injuries. Yeah, because I know he just went through a surgery like in the past few months, but. I will have them be selecting Caleb Farley before uh, before his back surgery. I think he was considered the number one corner, maybe number two. Is interchangeable between or it was interchangeable between him and Sertan. Uh, but uh, since of the uh, since because of this uh, back surgery, he's going to be the third cornerback selected, and he's going to be the Patrick Peterson uh, replacement. Went to the Vikings in free agency. Now the Cardinals just replace him with a very very talented corner in Caleb Farley. I mean. I like him definitely as a, uh, a as more potential as someone like J.C. Horn, but the thing is, his injuries are definitely going to make him drop in this draft, which is why we have him getting picked at pick 16. Anyone have anything to say about Caleb before we move on? Yeah. Uh, Angie, you want to go before me? No, you can go. I'll go after you. Okay, so um, obviously, Caleb Farley, in my perspective, may have the most raw talent for a cornerback in this draft, and I think it's kind of, I mean, obviously injury concerns really do hurt someone's draft, uh, where, like how, where they're drafted, their draft position. But I think with the raw talent Caleb Farley has, I think it's kind of ridiculous if he dropped past maybe the 20 position because he was without his, without much draft, uh, injury concerns, he was considered arguably the best cornerback in this draft class. And for the Cardinals here, this is a very, very good pick for them because if he does stay healthy, he can he might be able to be a cornerback number one just from the start. I mean, if you watch his uh, if you watch his um, video and you watch his highlights, the man has he's a ball hawk. He's he knows where the ball is going to be and he can break the ball up from a wide receiver kind of where whenever he's close to it. And I feel like it's pretty similar with J.C. Horn. But when you just look at Caleb Farley, his talent is just. I mean, obviously, Sertan and Horn also have a lot of talent, but Caleb Farley is just, he's so athletic that he can, he, I mean, there's nothing really else to say. I feel like if he drops to this position, which he probably will just because of injury concern, that it's a very, very good value pick for the Cardinals. And it's, in my perspective, worth it for them because he can, yeah, like I said before, he can be their cornerback number one from the jump start, and they need one after losing Patrick Peterson. So, yeah. Andrew, I think you had something to say about this. Yeah, I was going to say something similar to you. His draft stock 
has plummeted recently because of his injury concerns. And also I think because Patrick Sertan uh, and JC Horn both had ridiculous pro days and Caleb Farley wasn't able to uh, have his own pro day because of his injuries. So the NFL scouts and the NFL coaches didn't get to uh, see him really do anything at all. So he's a little bit of an unknown prospect compared to these guys. So there's definitely a huge reward, but there's definitely some risk with selecting him. So that's why I think he's going to fall farther in the draft. Okay. So with the 17th overall selection in our NFL mock draft, we have, the Las Vegas Raiders taking Christian Derrissaw, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech University, the same university that Caleb Farley went to, back-to-back Hokies going here. So, um, yeah, Christian Derrissaw has been projected to even go higher than this to the charge potentially at 13. Um, that's really been the highest position he's really been in. He's not really gone past that. I mean, here and there you might see him going to the Giants at 11 if Rayshon Slater and Panay Sewell go higher. Um, but I feel like obviously that the, the Raiders still have, they lost Gabe Jackson and Ronnie Hudson. They're probably two best offensive linemen, um, in the past season. They're a guard and a center. Uh, they still have Colton Miller, who's a pretty good left tackle. So Christian Darisaw might be more of a development player for them and potentially play at the right tackle, uh, a position of need for them and the right guard, if he can develop there and, Obviously, it's hard for an offensive tackle to go straight to a center, but you never know. The Raiders might want to bring him there, but he might be I, – I, I feel like Elijah Vera Tucker might make more sense for the Raiders here. Obviously, he's not on the board, but if he they get to choose between both just because Elijah Vera Tucker has experience playing at the guard position and the tackle position, and they're kind of ranked the same in the draft uh, in draft position, obviously, like, they probably like one more than the other, so they choose off of that. but. If they want a player, an offensive lineman who is versatile that can play all both guard and tackle, they might want to go with him just because they have their left tackle. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, Tyler. Um, I don't think he has any experience playing guard or center, so I'm not sure moving him there in his rookie season will be the best decision. But they could use offensive line either way, and I know he's a pretty talented prospect. So I think the Raiders – would definitely be happy to get him. All right, next up is my favorite draft prospect, uh, edge rusher out of the University of Michigan, Quiddy Pay, going 18th overall to the Miami Dolphins. Um, Quiddy Pay is an extremely talented football player. He's an incredible athlete. His pro day numbers were just off the charts. He ran one of the fastest 40 times um, for any defensive end and end rushers. And also um, I think he had the third most bench reps out of like everyone. So that's also pretty impressive. So he definitely has a really good combination between speed and uh, strength. And I think just the intangibles that he has and just the instincts are really good. Uh, He's a really good tackler. There are some questions about his pass rush skills. He doesn't necessarily have like any go-to pass rush moves kind of just uses his athleticism which worked in college a lot although the numbers don't pop off the charts but in the nfl it won't work as much because obviously there's going to be better offensive linemen uh that he's going up against so i think that if he can really get some better technique and get some more pass rush moves i think that quitty pay could quickly become one of the best edge rushers in the nfl 
Um, yeah, Quiddy Pay, probably the number one edge rusher in this draft class. Uh, I definitely think that he's a candidate to go at 17 to the Raiders because they do basically just need all-around defense. Their defense is atrocious. But I definitely think he could potentially go higher, too. Um, but if he does drop here to the Dolphins, this is very, very good for them. I mean, if they can get another very explosive defensive talent to go along with a lot of other pieces that they've put in place recently, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, a bunch of other players, including uh, other players, too, like Xavion Howard, uh I'm blanking on their other really good corner. Don't forget Byron Jones. Byron Jones, Most underrated uh, corner in the in the NFL. So yeah, they they have a lot of they have a lot of good defensive pieces there. So if they add another explosive piece to there with uh, Cody Pay, their defense might just get better. So adding on to Jamar Chase in this draft class, they add Cody Pay. I feel like that is a very good first round for the Miami Dolphins in our mock draft. All right, with uh, the 19th overall pick going to the Washington football team, um, I'm going to have them drafting Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, linebacker out of uh, Notre Dame. And uh, Jeremiah, just an extremely explosive and versatile defender, slightly smaller. I think that, that worries some scouts. Had an impressive pro day, though. Um, his fundamentals occasionally break down, but I think you're just adding adding someone like this to an already good Washington football team defense would make them really, really, really scary going into this year. So, uh, yeah, I think this would be a good fit for them, just making their defense even stronger. He is a very, very fast linebacker, uh, one that can play on the edge and potentially uh, develop into one that can play in the middle. Jeremiah Owosu Kormai, he was a player that I would potentially want. I earlier when doing my own mock drafts, looking at the Chargers draft position, he was a player that I like to go there just because I think he would fit into their scheme too. Um, but obviously a good pick for the Washington football team here. Obviously, it's the wrong name there, Washington Redskins. That's not their name anymore. It's the Washington football team. But uh yeah, I, I feel like they potentially could move up for a quarterback. If it's Mac Jones, I think it could be Trey Lance. I think they like Trey Lance if it's Justin Fields. But I don't know if they'll stay at, I think this is, what, pick 19? So, uh, yeah. But if they do stay here, I feel like this is a good pick for them, adding to their already great defense. Yeah, I've been seeing this pick a lot in the mocks. Uh, but now we move on to the Chicago Bears pick at pick 20 where they will be replacing Kyle Fuller, who they released in the offseason, with uh, cornerback Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. Newsom, I mean, I think that Northwestern defense was pretty good, and Newsom was just a standout athlete in this defense. I mean, if you're getting him at this pick, this cornerback class is pretty uh, is pretty good, as he's, what, the fourth corner in this draft taken in these uh, in these 10 picks, in these past 10 picks. And he's a freak athlete, and he's very lengthy. As you can see, this this picture was just a coincidence that he's holding his arms up like that. But he can make he's just an all-around playmaker. He can make huge plays at the right time. And since the Bears now have a hole at cornerback, I expect them to replace it with Greg Newsome, the next best corner on the board. Like Tyler mentioned and a bunch of other uh, of you guys mentioned that they could be a potential trade-up for a quarterback, but I don't see them doing that. I see them um, rolling out with 
who uh, Andy Dalton, uh, who they promised would be their quarterback one. So I don't really see them trading up. Uh, so they're going to be replacing Kyle Fuller because now they have a hole. Now they're replacing it with Greg Newsom. Not as much as about this pick. Obviously, it makes sense for the Bears. Greg Newsom, the second, going to the Chicago Bears after losing their number one corner. I just want to point out, I think it's funny that it says Chicago Bears, and then right b- below it says the Bears. I feel like we realize that their name is the Bears by now, so I thought that was kind of funny. Okay, so with the 21st overall pick in the 2021 at the buzzer NFL draft, mock draft, I will have the Indianapolis Colts taking Jalen Phillips, edge rusher out of Miami. He has flown up the draft boards in the past couple of weeks. He's flown past his teammate Gregory Rousseau, and now people are looking at him as the same level as uh, – probably the best edge rusher in this draft in Quiddy Pay. Um, the Colts don't really have a really a great edge rusher right now. They don't have really one that stands out in their depth chart. They do have a def- great defensive tackle in DeForest Buckner, the biggest. Uh, he was robbed from being a pro bowler last year. So uh, I feel like they add to their defensive line. They add to their good defense, get an explosive playmaker, a man that had a great pro day and that could potentially be uh, he's one of the, he's one of the most talented, talented defensive players in this draft. So they get a really good player here in our mock draft in Jalen Phillips. And yeah, the Colts are definitely going to be a dangerous team to watch this season. All right. The next team up in the mock draft is the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they hold the number, the 22nd overall pick in the NFL draft. And we have them selecting Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't want. I didn't watch much Oklahoma State football, but I did some research on Tevin Jenkins, and I do know that he's very solid against the run and against the pass uh, in protection. So that's definitely good um, to be good at both when teams are looking at them. In terms of his fit with the Titans, the Titans could definitely. Uh, bolster their offensive linemen because obviously they have Derrick Henry and they play through him, but also they do like to throw the ball. And Ryan Tannehill was under a ton of pressure in the playoffs uh, against the Ravens uh, this past season. So that's definitely one of their biggest needs. So I think this pick uh, makes a lot of sense for the Titans. Um, If they don't go with an offensive lineman, I definitely think this is kind of a sleeper spot for a wide receiver to go. They lost Corey Davis in free agency. Don't really have a cemented wide receiver two in their offense behind A.J. Brown. So potentially going after Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, uh, Rashad Bateman, uh, Terrace Marshall, um, a lot of of those players that are around here. Um, Definitely think that this is a team that one of them could go to, but – I don't know. Obviously, in our mock draft, we have Tevin Jenkins' offensive tackle going here, but I feel like the the, ten, the Titans could go with a bunch of different players in this scenario. Okay, with the 23rd overall pick to the New York Jets, I'm going to have them selecting Aziz Ojulari, edge rusher from Georgia. And... uh on the season with Georgia, he led the team in sacks. He was eighth in sacks in the in the FBS, second in forced fumbles. Honestly, just an explosive defender. He makes plays, um, and that's that's pretty much exactly what the Jets need. We all know the Jets are not going to be some 
incredible comeback story next year. They need someone that can make plays, and I think uh, Ojulari can do that for them. All right, and with the 24th overall pick, the first running back is off the board for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama. And personally, uh, I'm not really a fan of taking running backs in the first round. Uh, I know most NFL people who follow the draft aren't really, but I think this is sort of a no-brainer after the uh, Steelers decided to not re-sign James Conner, former Pro Bowl uh, running back. But Najee Harris is right here. In my opinion, he is the number one running back in this draft class, and he is so versatile. I mean, he he's just huge. He's absolutely huge. I mean, he, I think he has a little Derrick Henry in him. He's definitely not as as obviously as bulky and big, but I definitely think he has some hints of Derrick Henry in them. And I, I think he's a clear-cut uh, running back right here, and the Steelers really, really need one. Uh, it's a big hole in their offense. Big Ben can't really rely on his arm anymore as he wasn't very good last year. So, I mean, if you're getting a stud like Najee Harris in the backfield, I think that's pretty good at pick 24, even though I'm not really a fan of taking running backs in the first round. I love this pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They obviously Najee Harris is the number one running back in this draft class. He is a running back that could be a top 10 running back in my perspective from the second he gets into the league. He's that explosive. So Najee Harris, great fit for the Steelers here. After losing James Conner, they get their running back of the future. I don't think Anthony McFarlane or Benny Snell is the solution to it. I think that Najee Harris is. And if they get him here at 24, this is a great pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, so with the 25th overall pick in our mock draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars, after taking Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick, will take Trayvon Morig. Um, Obviously, he's the number one safety in this draft class. I don't think there's a conversation about that. They signed former Charger Rayshon Slayer in uh, – <laughs> sorry, that's a draft prospect. They signed uh, former Chargers safety Rayshon Jenkins – in uh, free agency this uh, this offseason. So they got a strong safety flash slash free safety. He can really play both. So I think that Trayvon Morig can just go to the other position. He's a free safety, obviously. So they might, if they do end up getting him, they could push Rayson Jenkins to the strong safety position and have a new franchise uh, free safety that they can rely on for the next couple of years. So I like this pick. He is a very good player, a very good prospect speedy, uh, long, can catch the ball in the air, can defend uh, wide receivers, and yeah, he's a good pick. The Jaguars building up their secondary, taking C.J. Henderson early in the first round, now in our mock, uh, Trayvon Morig. Uh, so I believe, Andrew, next pick. All right, so the Cleveland Browns are up next with the 26th overall pick in the NFL draft, and we have them selecting Christian Barmore, who is a defensive tackle from Alabama. Uh, for those of you who didn't watch the national championship and the semi college football semifinal game, Christian Barmore was probably the best defensive player in both of those games. Um, he was just absurd. He was in the run. He was stopping every run, filling all the gaps on defense, and then he was also getting to the passer um and yeah he he's just a really good all-around prospect i know he had a really good pro day and 
from the time of that national championship game where he played really well and up until his pro day, which is just recently, he's raised his stock a ton. And I think he's probably going to be the first defensive tackle off the board. I think that's what we have here in our mock draft. And I think that'll be true in the real NFL draft. And a team like the Browns, although they just signed Jadavion Clowney, they they could still use a guy to put in the center to stop some of the to stop and gobble up some of those runs. Um, because Jadavion Clowney is mostly on the outside. Same thing with Miles Garrett. So I feel like if you add Christian Barmore to that, they could have one of the best, uh, one of the best really defensive lines in the NFL. So I think this pick makes sense. And I think he could even go earlier based on some of the other teams that could use a defensive tackle. Uh, I'm not sure how, how many, how valuable the defensive back, the defensive tackle position is to some other teams. But I think if he's sitting here, the Browns will take him at 26. I mean, if they get Christian Barmore at this Barmore, I'm not exactly for sure, sure how to uh, pronounce his last name completely correctly. But uh, if they get him here, their offense, their defensive line just becomes more dangerous. And that's scary for any team they have to face, especially the teams in their division, because they have to face him twice a year. So, yeah, if the, if the Browns can get him here, adding him to Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, great pick for the Browns. All right, so now with the 27th overall pick, I'm going to have the Baltimore Ravens selecting Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver out of LSU. Uh, I'm not going to make this pick too complex. The Baltimore Ravens need more wide receiver targets and just receiving targets for uh, Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson to throw the ball. Wow. They need more targets for Lamar Jackson to throw the ball to. And I think Terrace Marshall can be that guy. They have the run game solidified. Uh, he just needs more options in, like, rolling out of the pocket, just making plays, and I think Terrace Marshall can do that. I think Rayshad Bateman would make sense at this pick, too. They have their speed wide receiver in Marquise Brown, so maybe getting a bigger one uh, in Rashad Bateman could also work here. But Terrace Marshall is not a bad option, too. A speed wide receiver, explosive, but also very good with his hands. So. Very, very good player. Okay, so with the 28th overall pick in our mock draft, I have the New Orleans Saints picking Jamin Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky. Obviously, I feel like they could go with either Zayvon Collins or uh, Jamin Davis here, both two very highly ranked uh, uh, linebackers in this draft class. Uh, Jamin Davis has also flew up the draft boards recently because of his pro day performance. Um, so he's speedy, he's explosive, and I know Andrew has some stuff to say about this guy because he was he was a he he brought it up to us when we were officially first making this mock draft. So yeah, yeah, Jamin Davis. Uh, I actually watched a couple. I forget why, but I actually remember watching a Kentucky college football game against someone this past season. And I remember that he was just flying across the entire field. And he reminded me a little bit of a Cowboys player by the name of Jalen Smith, who they play the same position. They play the same. Always way. have to bring in a Cowboys player. No, I'm being, I'm being completely honest. And I, I, I'm not saying that Jamin Davis is like the next version of Chance with anything like that. I'm just saying that um, their play style is very similar because Jamin Davis, he covers the entire width of the field. Uh, he's an, 
insanely good tackler and he's really good at rushing the passer. Um, he had an incredible 40 time and he's also good in pass coverage. So he's really just a good overall linebacker. And I don't think he's as physically gifted, especially rushing the passer as Micah Parsons, but in terms of linebacker rankings, I think he's number two right behind him. Um, and obviously the Saints defense is getting a little older year by year. Cameron Jordan, uh, Demario Davis, and Malcolm Jenkins are both getting up in age, are all getting up in age, sorry. So getting an explosive playmaker out there to maybe cut them some slack a little bit here and there. And Jamin Davis is going to be, if they get him here, will be a very important piece for the Saints to add to their team. Yeah, like Andrew said, uh, I mean, this dude, He's been going crazy on the uh, uh, going up the draft boards, and he had a crazy pro day. And I've heard some people say he's better than Micah Parsons, who we had going, what, eight to the Panthers. So if that's actually true, if he actually is better, ends up being better than Micah Parsons, I mean, this has got to be one of the biggest steals in our mock draft. But anywho, now we're going to be moving on to the best team in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers at pick 29. And for the you can, first you can time, chill with that. You can chill with that. For the first time, hopefully, I am praying that they select uh, this player at pick twenty nine if he is available. Uh, Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. I do expect the Green Bay Packers to trade up because ever since we've gotten our new GM uh, in the past four drafts, he's traded up. So I do expect us to trade up again, maybe to select Rashad Bateman. But uh, Rashad Bateman. Mini Devontae Adams. When you have two Devontae Adams down the field, what are you going to do? I mean, he's the best wide receiver in the league. And if Rashad Bateman develops, I mean, like, and Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP, is throwing the ball. I mean, I, th- I think that Rashad Bateman, he's better than Terrace Marshall, who we went going before him. And I think he's very close. Uh, I mean, not very close, but he's pretty cl- The drop-off's not huge between him and Devonta Smith, uh, so to say, or Jalen Waddle. I think Jamar Chase is clear-cut. But Rashad Bateman, definitely up there with those guys. Um, he's a great route runner, like I said. He's very athletic and very good at uh, catching the ball uh, in close coverage. So I've seen crazy highlights of him catching it when safeties and corners are moving up on him. It doesn't even phase him. He still catches the ball. So if he's if, the, if he is available, I expect the Packers to take him uh, at their pick. If he is not available, I'll be very sad. I can see the Packers taking offensive lineman, corner, and uh, maybe a linebacker, but hopefully they take Rashad Bateman. Um, I I have so many. I, I don't think that Rashad Bateman is going to step into the NFL and be the next Devonte Adams, but I think he has a ton of potential. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' future um, in the on uh, the Green Bay Packers organization is. It's not looking great. They didn't restructure his contract, um, as I've talked about with Dean before. So he calls it like a happy mystery or something like that. But it's definitely a mystery because after this season, it's going to be really weird, like cap-wise, whether he the Packers trade him or not or whether he wants out of the Packers to win a, um, a ring this year. But regardless of that, I think Rashad Bateman is – um, the number four wide receiver behind the trio of Chase Smith and Waddle. Although we had Terrace Marshall um, a little bit higher um, on our, on our draft list um, from having watching or Sean Bateman playing against Michigan in the big 10 for three years, I can clearly say that he is really good. Um, and he was just like, 
even when Michigan would double team him, he would still get open. Um, he's just, he's really good uh, in one-on-one scenarios. And as you said, Dean, he has a similar play style to Devontae Adams. I don't know if he'll ever hit that potential, but I think that he'll be a real, no matter whether he's catching the majority of his footballs from Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers, I think that uh, he'll be a really good player if the Packers take him. I also want to note one more quick thing uh, before we move on to the next pick. A few days ago, or maybe it'll be weeks when we release this podcast, uh, Devontae Adams tweeted that him and Keenan Allen would each go for 300 yards together if they, uh, if they were both on the same team. Maybe that's hinting at them selecting a route runner. Rashad Bateman has been compared to Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen. I don't think that's what he's suggesting. Devontae Adams is a free agent next year, and Keenan Allen is going to be on the Los Angeles Chargers for the next three years. So if that indicates anything, then it means Devontae Adams wants to come to the Los Angeles Chargers. Talking about bringing things back to your own team. Devontae Adams actually knows a guy who lives in New York. So I think he might go play for the Knicks next season, but I'm not 100% sure. Andrew, do you have anything to say about that? I just I would just like to make an announcement. I've just heard that the um that the Green Bay Packers are planning to trade up to the third overall pick to select Kyle Trask. It doesn't really surprise me. Um, they traded up to get Jordan Love last year, so why not just take a second quarterback to go behind Aaron Rodgers for no reason? So sounds good. I mean, that was that was very comedic, Tyler. But what I was going to say was, <laughs> uh, it's kind of ironic. Tyler was like. Andrew always got to make everything about the Cowboys, and then he just comes in about the Chargers. It, was it was it me or was it you that brought up Keenan Allen? I don't I don't remember bringing up Keenan Allen. No, I never asked anyone to barge in when I was talking about Rashad Bateman being compared to Keenan Allen. So maybe that's Devonte Adams' hint. And also the top uh, comment on that post or on that tweet was maybe Devonte Adams hinting at Rashad Bateman uh, to come to Green Bay. And Jordan Schultz, you know who that guy is at ESPN. He replied with the eyes emoji. So you never know. That's all I was saying. Now we're going to move on to the Bills pick at pick 30. All right. So at pick 30, we have the Buffalo Bills taking Jason away. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his name, but it doesn't really matter. He's a really good football player. um, And I'm sure all the broadcasters will pronounce it differently as they normally do. But another guy that was... uh, in the big in the Big Ten conference, saw him play against Michigan a ton of times, and he was wrecking havoc all over the field. I think he's a very underrated edge rusher. I'm not sure if this is his actual 40 time. I think it was his unofficial 40 time, but he did run a 4.36 in his pro day, which is like absolutely absurd. That's faster than guys like Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle. So if that is uh really true about Jason Owe, then I think. He is definitely a first-round talent, and I think the Bills, who could use some boost on their defensive line, would be happy to take him. Uh, Yeah, so with the 31st overall pick, I'm going to have the Baltimore Ravens taking Carlos Bashman, Boshman, however you want to say it, Junior. As Drew would say, this guy's really good at football. I think it's actually Basham. Um, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Carlos Basham, but yeah, yeah my Basham, my yeah. reading isn't really too good, but this guy's good at football, so he's gonna go 31st overall. Um, yeah. Before we go on, Carlos Basham has been ranked up there with a bunch of other edge rushers. Obviously, 
I'm hinting at another edge rusher going with the last pick in the first round here, but he's been up there with a couple other edge rushers like Jason Away and Jalen Phillips, even though Jalen Phillips has been a little bit above. And this next pass rusher that is on the same team as Jalen Phillips, I'm not going to say his name, but I just hinted a lot towards him. Thanks for the hint, Tyler. Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting Gregory Rousseau with the last pick uh, in the first round of our mock draft. Uh, Gregory Rousseau, uh, like Micah Parsons, who I also uh, announced to the league, um, does have a few character issues that may or may not drop him into the second round potentially, but the Buccaneers are, let's be honest, they're stacked. So, I mean, since the Buccaneers are stacked, they can just take flyers on any player they want technically. And Gregory Rousseau definitely has some of the most potential as a defensive uh, player in this draft. So I think this is a fair pick, uh, so to say, for the Buccaneers, because like I just said, they're stacked. They can take anyone they want, basically. So uh, they can take a running back and they can take a safety. You never know. So Gregory Rousseau, edge out of Miami. Um, Great talent, character issues and all. But uh, if he pans out, he'll be a great player and just make the Buccaneers even better in the future. Yeah, obviously, like the Saints, uh, the Buccaneers are getting a little bit older on defense every year. And obviously, they added a, a young player in Antoine Winfield, and they do have Shaquille Baird on their defense in Devin White. But Levante David, uh, uh, Dominican Sue, a bunch of their other kind of premier kind of guys on their team overall and on defense specifically I'm uh, talking about here uh, are getting older. And they need a player where he can potentially be a – uh, a starting player for them in the next couple of years and potentially a player that has a lot of talent that can be a premier edge rusher uh, in the future. And obviously, although he does have little character issues like you were talking about, if he can get that straight, then Gregory Rousseau will be a great NFL player. And he has, if not the most talent, then uh, a top, he's a top three talent as a edge rusher in this draft. And I think as a talent, maybe a top five talent as a defensive player in this draft. So obviously character issues and trouble off the field has brought his draft position down a little bit. But if a team like the Buccaneers don't do want to take a chance on him, I definitely think it could uh, be worth it. So obviously that will do it for our full first round mock draft of the 2020 NFL draft. This draft happens next week starting on April 29th, if I'm sure, going through May 1st. Uh, be ready for that Machine Gun Kelly concert coming at the end. Should be very, very exciting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that will do it all. I'm Tyler Fertel alongside Andrew Loveliner, Cam McCline, and Dean McCollum. Thank you for watching. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ATBuzzerPodcast, and we will see you next time.